0: Good evening everybody, we are on our 99th Q&A, we just thank God he brought us so far and next week that is the first of the new year, it's a (laughs) Saturday and uh, we'll be having our 100th Q&A, we are not taking a break for anything, okay? (laughs) so we are always there, if you are free you can always tune in and please send in. Questions, uh, I mean, we have lots backlog, but for the hundredth one, if you have any special questions, you can send it. We'll trust God. His answers are always special.
1: And the cup still
0: holds? The cup still holds. Yes, we'll all, if all those who send in the questions, we'll give you a plastic (laughs) cup with hundred written on it. We're just joking. (laughs) We don't do stuff like that. All we do is preach. Hallelujah. Okay. But we just thank you. For all the questions over the weeks, 99 Q&A means you send in literally hundreds of questions. We just thank you. So this evening, once again, before we go into the Q&A, we'll pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do, Father. We just want to thank you. We just want to thank you. Come at this time into thy hands, O Lord. We pray, Father, you speak to us. Oh, Father, help us, Lord, because you are the answer, and you have the answers. In us, we are not sufficient, yes. but in you, we believe we can do all things. Commit everyone into thy hands, Lord. Help us, Lord. Bless those who send the questions, and bless those who hear that your word bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we'll start with the last question first.
1: Okay. That's question number twenty-four. Um, says um, close relationships are vital in helping non-Christians see the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Uh, would you agree? We need to teach them to be open with us, and vice versa. We also yes. need to be open. But will they trust us?
0: No, I would. Uh, I would. Uh... Have a little doubt on that association. Because you see, uh we are different from them. We need to stand with what the word of God says. We are kind to them, we are friendly, we are not obnoxious, hmm. we help them whatever we can, but let me give you what the Bible says. Remember, the Word of God is truth. Never try anything in your own strength, with your own wisdom. Ultimately, it will not work. It's good to keep the Word of God. If you come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 14 to 18. 14 to 18. Now, this is talking about non-believers, your relationship with non-believers. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Can okay? you know that's what the, the question if you were to answer the question. Uh, close relationship is an unequal yoke. Close relationship is an unequal yoke. you know And uh, the principles where they always there in the Old Testament that you cannot yoke a donkey and an ox together. You cannot yoke a believer. And usually what happens is when a believer and an unbeliever gets yoked, the compromise always has to be made by the believer. And When you don't, because they don't understand where you are coming from, they get upset. Hmm. They get upset. So we are there for them. We love them. We help them, everything. But there is a dividing space. Look at what God is actually saying. Now, we are talking about close relationship. It's called fellowship. What fellowship has? Righteousness with lawlessness. We heard today. We heard today. Okay, Lawlessness is rebellion. They do not know, but they actually operate under sorcery. We operate under witchcraft. We operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. And how can you reconcile these two? Actually, when you have to take real decisions and all, we will suddenly realize that, you know, it is not easy. What communion has light with darkness? Verse 15. Okay. What accord has Christ with Belial? Which is the devil. Okay. That's how tough God's word is. You know. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? part has a believer? Close relationship with an unbeliever never helps the unbeliever. Because you have to compromise on so many things which you believe. To get along with them, and every time you actually compromise, you're losing your testimony, and your ability to actually see, let them see the truth. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? Verse sixteen. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Uh-huh. Okay, Ramba and unbelievers' heart. We're not, uh, we're not condemning them. It's just the truth. Their heart is an idol factory full of idols. And we are called the temple of the living God. For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them, walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, in verse seventeen, there is a separation demanded from unbelievers. Now, this is in the New Covenant. This is Old Covenant. We knew how tough they were. They took it literally. Wouldn't even eat with them. Wouldn't get into their houses and all. Now, this is not that. Hmm. We are not asked to do stuff like that. We work together, we fellowship, all that stuff, you know, fellowship in the sense of the secular way, not a Christian way. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. You will realize that if you are close with an unbeliever, with an unbeliever, you will have to touch unclean things, which is not unclean for them. They will call you to a movie. We cannot go they'll call you for a sports Even after you heard today much of sports today is sorcery we cannot go entertainment is sorcery dancing clubs everything they will call you and suddenly we will realize you know what that is where we make our difference there i know i know i was in a system like that i was in the secular system i walked away and i told them very clearly i love you and in the workplace they knew i was real that i was there for them I took all their extra loads off their shoulders. They knew there was one person they could depend upon me was me. I would be there to help them out. And also you knew that on the other flip side he said there was one person who wouldn't be part of anything they did. Anything they did. Because Saturday afternoon onwards weekend begins and everybody is drinking, playing cards, and it's whole through whole through Saturday, Sunday. And consistently those two years that would be like almost 50 plus 50, not 100, maybe around, let us say, 80 Sundays, weekends, not a single weekend they could get me. I am not there, that part of it. But when we are in the workplace together, I am there for you. But there is a strict line. You know, at the end it worked. At the end when I left and then when I came back just for a, for a day and I met them, they all said, now we know what you are and what you are here for. Would you come and minister to us one day? Okay. If we don't have a separation, we don't have a testimony. We don't have a testimony. They're not going to believe our Christ is real. And that's what I'm saying. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. One of the reasons, you see, in the kind of modern kind of systems, the greatest witness evangelism takes one-on-one hmm. than crusades and all. And much of Christianity, Christians have lost that testimony because they have compromised. They're almost just like the world. You cannot be obnoxious. In your workplace, it is not giving a tract. It's not that. It's just your life. It's simply your life one a life of separation second a life of kindness because the Bible says it is the kindness of God that brings people to repentance and I said don't be obnoxious be very very kind then verse 18 is very dep- important people miss that mm. I will be and I will do not touch and I will receive you and I will be a father to you you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty if you go through the word of God like we saw today in John one twelve, as many as you received him he gave them the power the authority to become the sons of god most people do not experience the fatherhood of god in their life because it's conditional on separation if you go through the word of god you will see for us to really experience the power the love the concern Of the heavenly father, there are conditions put over there. So I could be born of the spirit and a child of God, yet deep inside be an orphan because I don't experience, because the father has put conditions, because He is holy. He will never compromise on his holiness. He will never compromise on his righteousness. Therefore, it will demand from me certain things. So you know what? Christians just drift along. They drift, they drift, drift, because they are never. Once you have known your father... Purpose is defined. Mm. And then nothing really affects you because you know you got your father behind you. When Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When the spirit says, the spirit will be always. Basically, it is the father. It is the Father. The Father is the one who sent the Son and the Spirit. It is the Father. He is the head of the Trinity. Jesus, once he subdues the kingdom, he will take the kingdom over and give it to the Father. The actual king is God, the Father. He is the actual king. Jesus himself is his only his viceroy. He will rule on behalf of the Father. It is the Father. And the Father is saying, you don't want to really experience me as a father? Even in a home, it is the same thing. You know, a father may love his children. He may give them what they want. But if you really want to experience the father, know him and walk with him, there are certain things the father has said. Mm -hmm. And you ignore it and take it casually. The thing is the same thing as a pastor. I have taught things. I have spoken very, very clearly the things. When people come to me, I go to people, I am very friendly with them. But I will not let you cross a line in my relationship with you because I do not trust you with the things of God. Because I see that you are not separate. You can call me Papu, but you will not really know me as a shepherd. Because as a shepherd, I have so many things to tell you. But if you want that, there has to be a separation in your life so that I can trust you with the things of God because I know you are separated unto the Lord. How can I trust you with the things of God when you are not separated unto the Lord? Because the things of God cannot be handled lightly, cannot be highlighted. So, so if I am that as a shepherd and as a father, how much more God says over there, you know. You know, when he's when he says, I'll be a father to you, you know. Imagine what Jesus is telling everything that the Father told Jesus was with his disciples, walked through Israel, but he was separated to the Father. Therefore, the Father revealed. Hmm. I believe Jesus was fully God and fully man, but also I believe when he became man, there is something which he did. Where he emptied himself. We will never understand what it is until there is eternity. He emptied himself and then he was dependent entirely upon his father to reveal everything to him. And the father revealed everything to him on a day to day basis. Mm. You know why? Because he was absolutely separated under the Father. Absolutely. He was not religiously being separated, mm. but he was spiritually being a separated. Mm. I believe he never touched anything that was unclean. He was separate from the rest of them, and the father was a father to him. And therefore he father could speak to him. He's separate
1: from sinners. That's the separate word he was And he
0: does it. If you go to John chapter seventeen, mm-hmm. another word yeah, for separation. So it, it, it he 19, 19. will tell us what he did for our sake. For our sake, like, for our sake yeah. you know. Words 17 and yeah. 18. Yeah. 19, yeah. 18 yeah. to 19. Sanctify them by your truth. That means separate, set apart as holy. Yeah. Your word is truth. You send me into the world... I also have sent them into the world, and verse 19, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. He says, you know what? I showed them, before them, a life of separation, so that they will know how to live this life of separation. Mm. It is not that the kind of which the, the, the Pharisees did. He says not that. He could, he could, he could touch a leper and yet be sanctified. Mm. He could go to a Samaritan woman, sit with her leader, and still be separate. He never partook of their ways, their thoughts, or their works. But he was always for them. Mm. That's what God is talking about. And we are limiting. Mm. We are actually limiting the Father, mm. but not doing what he saying. Mm. So we go, go back to the question, you know what? By having close relationship with, uh, with non-Christians, you actually are not helping them. And you will always realize, always realize, when you are very close to your non-Christians and want to be with them and go wherever, you are the one who has to compromise. Because they are anyway compromised. Mm. And they don't understand where you are coming from when you say no to it, you know. So what happens is, you have to be separate and yet to be kind to them. Not offensive at all, offensive at all. Yet not be ashamed of Christ and yet not be ashamed of the gospel and not ashamed of the word of God. You are not ashamed of it. Your convictions are very clear. Like, like I said in the beginning, I hope you are not offended. But this is the truth. Mm. This is the truth, the word <laughs> of God. We are not, I am not against religion. I am just for Christ. Religion is needed in this society until Christ comes because religion gives a kind of a protection in this society, the good part of religion. It is like we need, we need cops. Okay? But when Jesus comes, we will defend the police. We're talking about defending the police, no? Yeah. When Jesus comes, the police department will be defended because saints will be ruling. We won't need the police. Then. But till Jesus comes, we need the cops. We need the cops. So religion has its own uses. But the religion does not save. It's not safe. So I am not anti-religion in that sense. I am just for Christ. Mm. And wherever it is in my own religion where I came from, Catholicism, now I look and I see and also in the beginning years of my as a Christian, young christian all the stuff we did now i look into it none of it is there in scripture okay and i have issues i do have issues i don't i don't care how big the people are and how big they are in christendom and they're godly people when i see these people all wearing red caps and everything and doing their christmas program i have an issue because in the world santa claus has replaced christ And it blurs the gospel. And I have a serious issue with that. I said, I will not allow that to happen in my church as long as I'm pastor. I know Vijay, Pastor Vijay also won't allow it. Because we will not allow anybody. Santa Claus didn't die for me. Christmas is not about Santa Claus. It is not about that man. I don't want his colors anywhere over there. And don't try to bring this red stands for this green stands for. None of this Thanks for anything. And I have serious issue because you come to a country like India Mm -hmm. where we are trying to reach to these people. One billion of them do not know Christ. Ask them what is Christmas about. They will all say Santa Claus. Ask a little non-Christian child to an older person. They all say it is about. Ask the little children. What happened at school? a little kids told me, you know, Santa Claus came and said, Jingle, 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 and Chocolate, 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 and he came. For everything it is Santa Claus. They have no clue about who Christ is. Mm. The tree has replaced something. I don't know why. Everywhere you go, it is decorated. How do you connect Christ to this? <laughs> mm. So I have issues because, you know what, we are supposed to preach Christ. Jesus said, if you lift me up, if you lift me up, So, you know what? And Christmas has become another commercial festival. Well, it should be kept very, very simple. Very, very simple. And I I would say it's a holiday. We have that holiday. God gives us a holiday. Government gives it. Gather. And I pray. I'm not saying about myself. But I pray every pastor will lift Christ up. Lift Christ up. I am not primarily against skits. But skits should be one true to scripture. Okay. Don't let it be another figment of your imagination. Mm. Imagination we saw is not helping anybody in the long run. It is not helping. It's only touching your emotions and not going in a spirit. I saw many Christian dramas. Okay. We were moved and they got out and we forgot in fact. How many of you remember the movies you saw? What different does it make? I mean, it's your imagination. Okay. It has actually affected your imagination negatively. Mm. Nothing, because all movies are imagination. No hero in real life can do any of these things. But you look at the world, everybody walks around like a hero. And he is violent, and he takes it out on his wives, actually. They take it on their family. Everybody is a hero, because this movie is Superman, Spider-Man, I don't know what man. This is not real. There was only one Superman, but he came as a normal man. And he humbled himself. He says, you really want to be super? This is the way it is. God gives grace to the humble. And the entire moviedom and fiction, everything has, imagination has come. We have taken Christmas also and done it. So my thing to children is, you know what, children? Lift the word of God. Mm above what you think is good. Word of God says this about relationships. In the long run, it will not work. It will not work. One of the first things, I honestly thank God for my young mentors. When I got saved, that week, one of those mentors, my own batchmates came to me and said, I didn't know what they were trying to do, but it's the way they did They said there were 30 of us in that uh a story of, I mean, of um, undergraduate in first year, then second year, third year, and PG. All of us in this huge hostel. And we had single rooms. And they said, go to your first year and to every room. And most of them are Catholics, a few Hindus, and a few Muslims. Tell everybody the gospel and say you accepted Christ. Okay. Hmm. Every room and I went and witnessed. And you need to realize that me, what I was before I got saved. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. Why I sold cigarettes in my room? Because it's an easy way to make money. My weekends were spent gambling, playing cards with for money. Okay. I got saved. I went and witnessed. The next day onwards, everybody cut off from me. Hmm. Not badly. They said, James is saved. He is like that other guy in Nainan. Don't call him for anything. It actually helped me in the other way. I wouldn't have never separated from them because I was too young And the Lord. They separated from me. <laughs> they just separated from me. But let me tell you, that was 35 years ago. We still are in touch. We are still in touch. And they know I am different. By mistake, they post something which is slightly obscene. Immediately, they will delete and put an a- apology. James, sorry. It was not meant for you. Now, if I were not separate, they would have sent the same thing in the group. But I am there as a, not as a stumbling block. I am there. I don't know what I want to say. I am there like... What do you say? It's probably a sword. Tom. And it's not a mm. sword. This thing mm. also. It is as a check. Okay. Mm. As a check. Okay. Now, why did I become a check? Thirty-five years no. later, because I was so close. I was. I was always there to help them because I was the only undergraduate student measuring in English. And English is a compulsory subject, so they all needed me, and I didn't need any one of them when <laughs> it comes to that. So at the exam time, everybody was in my room because I had to teach them their English paper to pass. So I'm not that I was nasty, I was always there to help them. And then in that hostel, because uh, I came from Bhutan and I brought some of the things from there, I had the only one had a full-length mirror. Just my own private mirror. I had a full, that would mean everybody, everybody was in my room to see how good they were looking. (laughs) Okay. So because of the mirror and because of the language, I was there to help everybody out over there, but that separation really, really worked. And who was I close to? George Gora, Vergis Niner. Okay, these two were the believers, and they are still there. And all of them are Matthew Philip, Philip Cherian, Philip Cherian, Matthew Philip, and George Gora. These three were my age group of thirty-five years ago, and me four. You know, all four of us are in ministry now. All for us are in ministry. And we all were of the same age. Philip Charyan is a pastor in Bangalore. Matthew Philip is teaching in Fuller or Trinity in the U.S. George Cora is a senior with uh, EGF. And I'm a pastor for 25 years, you know what? So that separation of ours as a group, God's calling came upon all of us, and we are all serving God. We all keep in touch. But the thing is that, you know what? Now, they have anything, they'll always personally come up the group, write to me and say that, "Uh, James, would you pray for us? Would you pray for us? But if we had become like this, we would have to compromise, and we actually cover Jesus in our life Mm. and Jesus is not able to reach out and touch them at their hour of need because we compromised our ministry that God had for us so I don't believe in this I would prefer to go by the word of God if I have close relationships it has to be with people who are sold out to God at my level I have close relationship only and who are sold out to God. Otherwise, I'm as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a father. To children, I will relate to whatever level they are. That's my duty. But my close relationship are with people who are sold out to God because I know I can trust them that they won't betray God. Not that they won't betray me. I know they won't betray God. No, That people who have a very clear, consistent testimony of walking with God, that they are sold out to God. And you need them. In your life, it's not that I, they need me in their life. You realize you need them in your life because they do hear powerfully from God and they can minister to you. You know, and that's close relationships. Okay. And we won't have many such relationships in life. It will be few and in between. So there are different, even with Jesus, you look at it. Yes. He had 12 it disciples. Okay. Then he had three. They had other groups. But ultimately in the garden of Gethsemane, you will see the separation. 11 of them are with them. And then he takes three of them forward. Then he separates even mm. from that three and goes forward. Because ultimately in the most crucial hour of his life, he knew he had nobody to depend upon. Because nobody had come that far. Mm. So he's praying on his own. Turns back, comes back, all are wrestling. So ultimately you will realize in life, you will be ultimately one-on-one with God. Mm. You will have nobody because you will never know where you will reach. You look at Paul, I covered everybody's prayers, but ultimately he is in prison one on one with God most of his life. You cannot depend. You have to have that relationship with God. I'll be a father to you. But if you want to experience God as a father at that level, you have to be willing to make sacrifices in your relationship with others. Otherwise, you will not be able to walk with God as Enoch walked with God and was taken alive. Hmm. Not with his wife, not with his children, not with his brothers, not with his friends. He was taken alone. And you know why? Because he walked with God. That demanded a separation from him. and we are looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And therefore, blessed are you if you have a friend like Daniel, three friends of Daniel, and four of you can walk together, but you may have to stand alone like Joseph. Joseph. I, I always loved that. That was I we said about that also earlier. I wanted to turn to Genesis chapter. 43, am right. He is separate from yes. the Egyptians. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm. 32. 31, 32. 30, 31, 32. He washed his face. This is when his brothers came, came out. He restrained himself and said, Serve the bread. So they set him a place by himself, and them by themselves. And the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because Egyptians could not eat food with Hebrews. For that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. And verse 33, and they were all separated. You know what? This is happening uh, after seven years of plenty. So 13 plus 7, 20 years are over. 21 years later in Egypt. He still refuses to let go of his identity as a Hebrew. I am a Hebrew. A Hebrew means one who has crossed the river. He has cut off all links with flesh. He is set apart for God. And that has to be there. That has to be there. And you will always see when there is a crisis, there is an identification of somebody as a Hebrew. When he refuses to sleep with Potiphar's wife, she says, "The Hebrew you mm, brought." Mm. When this man has to the the king's cupbearer, uh, k- k- or whatever, Hebrews Hebrew, he saints. says, "There was the a Hebrew person, over there." So why why was he able to? Because he knew in the prison one prisoner was different. He yeah. kept his Hebrew identity. He was separated unto his God. Amen. Yet. The Bible says he was there for all the prisoners because when they were downcast, he asked them what is wrong. And nobody sees it unless you, your heart is a kind person. You don't look at other people's problems. So please understand, the more you are separated to God, the more you are able to actually help your unbelieving friends. Okay, unbelievable. Even now, my, my old neighbors upstairs, Naresh and his wife and all of the young kids, they are this thing. They all wish me for my, for Christmas. Okay, yeah. they are Hindus. No? Uncle made uh, this thing, no? When they were there, no? I mean, if they were here, no? Because I was simply kind to them. Very, very kind to them. 24th night that couple will go and buy something for me something they will buy uncle tomorrow is your festival no? we want to give you a Christmas gift and I, the first time they did it my eyes filled up I said you know what this is the first Christmas gift I am getting and it's from uh, two Hindus and what did I do for them? just be kind that's all you know that you kept yourself separate. You mm. know? And you made it yourself very clear. This is what I believe. I do not distinguish anything, but I am always there for you, in little things, whatever it is. that Separation actually makes you uh, a channel. Mm. Okay, without, without separation, you are trying to witness uh, in the flesh. Mm. But with, with separation, you are able to witness in the spirit because they will know you, you are different. Then they will come and ask a reason. What is the reason for your hope? And you are able to tell because of Jesus. So I don't believe in that first question. I would tell young child, I think it's from New York or something, young child, it doesn't work that way. They will trust you because you're trustworthy, Mm. not because you're very friendly with them. Mm. If you believe in something and then you compromise on that, they won't trust you. For their sake, you compromise on those things. They won't trust you. Let me tell you, they won't trust you in the long run. But on the other hand, they realize you have these convictions. Come what may. Do not come you on. may not understand it, you may not like it, but I will not compromise on that. At the end of the day, when trouble comes, they will say, trust, they will trust, they will trust you. And trust is important. It does not come from being close to unbelievers. Mm. It comes from being separate from them and yet be kind to them.
1: Amen. Pastor, I think there's another question based upon the similar lines. This is question number 23. Again, it's got, got to do with uh, how to witness. Yeah. The preparation of the cross-cultural missionary involves training in three areas. One's head, one's heart, and one's habits. Would you agree with this? If so, please explain.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, one's head, of course, one's heart, one's head. I mean, one's head. I would say is that know your doctrine well. Fundamental doctrines you need to know well. You no, know? and you should also have discernment. When you go on mission grounds, people will. You will. You should ask God to give you the wisdom and the discernment. How to put the gospel across in any situation? It's primarily the gospel. It's not that you have a solution. You have to lead them to Christ who has a solution. It's Christ who is the answer. You need to know, the. like I said, the gospel is very simple, but it is not easy. Don't make it easy. Hmm. Jesus never lied to anybody. He said, you know what? This is exactly what it will cost you to follow me. So don't change the gospel. I always tell people around the world when I go preach, I tell them, you know, pastor, don't change the gospel. He said, unless you hate this, 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 including your own life and pick up your cross, you cannot be my Mm. disciple. Mm. And Christianity is about discipleship. The Great Commission is about discipleship. We are in such a mess, Christendom. It's because we didn't make disciples. We made followers. Made followers. Followers of what? We are not followers of Christ. Followers of what? We didn't make disciples, but the entire command is to make disciples. And Jesus never changed the gospel. Never changed. And he never tried to appeal to their you no know, hither emotions or loyalty or they remember when the disciples start leaving. What did he say then? If you he said, This is the doctrine. This is the doctrine of compassion complete identification with me. Hmm. My life for your life. Your life will take you to hell. It is only my life will take you. You have to eat my body, drink my blood. Meaning it's a complete death to self and living up, rising up with Christ. That is my life. They said that's too difficult a doctrine. The Bible doesn't say the crowds. The crowds had already left. Crowds and all. You see, what happens in today's ministry is that when crowd starts leaving, the pastor starts panicking and start appeasing the crowd because they are preaching to the crowd. They are not preaching the gospel. My question to pastors is, is your crowd over there because you refuse to compromise on the truth, on the word? When Jesus started preaching and preaching and the more he started getting into the truth, the crowds left, the disciples left, there's only twelve left. And his simple question. Look at that. John chapter 6. Oh, six and look at Peter's incredible answer. John chapter 6. He asks his question. You know? Many of his disciples, when they heard, okay, Jesus knew in himself. Okay, he knew. How does he know? The Holy Spirit is giving. Complained about this. I know I know that, you know, sometimes like last week or I, I preached a message and I pre- but it is the truth. We are all under curses and curses are there because all of our forefathers were idolaters. The Genesis chapter three, there is a curse over man, over his marriage, if you wanna say, over a woman's labor. It's a curse in a sense it's going to be difficult. Marriage is Booby trapped. Then the ground is cursed with great toil. It will bring forth. That is Genesis chapter three. <coughs> Genesis chapter four. Cain kills his mu- uh, brother. It's, then it's, cursed. it's cursed. He says it will not produce anything for you. Meaning, it's not that he will not be a successful farmer. There will be nothing eternal in your life. Mm-hmm. An entire Cain's generation is wiped out by the floods, without a single remnant left. That's what God's saying. That no, if you are a murderer of your brother. All your works will be swallowed up by your fire. There will be nothing in eternity to show you that you did anything for God. Hmm. It will be swallowed up. And that's what judgment did for Cain's generation. Everything was swallowed up. So it's curse after curse after curse of disobedience. By the time you come to Exodus 20, God says, in the context of the first two commandments is the third one, the iniquity of the fathers for, for idolaters. And that is a curse and we are all involved in it, okay? Now, many of our sicknesses, many of our, other than through natural causes, many of the sicknesses are because we are under a curse. And don't get offended. Don't get offended over it. Oh, how can I be cursed? I've been in the ministry for 30 years. But you could be under a curse because of something that is in your family line. Much of cancer is a curse. I do believe it's a curse. And sometimes you identify the curse and break it, the cancer leaves. Because there are spirits involved in it. I'm not saying all cancer is a curse, I'm saying many cancers are a curse. There are so many illnesses which are passed down from family to family, parent to parent. You know why? It's a curse. Because you don't know what your forefather did. And the word of God is very, very clear. And the word of God says, break it, believe it, cast the demon out and change what caused that curse to come into your family yes. life? Don't go that way. Because rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Yes. Stop being a rebel. Stop being a rebel. It will come. It will come. So don't get offended. Don't get offended. Because we have to learn these things, which is in the word of God, and break. And the Bible says over there, he knew in himself that is supernatural. Uh, Disciples complained about you. changed the words? No,
1: no, no. Sixty. Okay. Sixty. Six, six.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing. Go there. Go Sixty-one, there. Again. Sixty-one. Sixty-one. Yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. And he said, "Does this offend you?" <laughs> he said, "Did my doctrine offend you?" What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where He was before? Okay? In the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. They are life. And that's what we need to realize. As a servant of God, we have to consciously, even when we are a simple person trying to witness to something, we have to stop trying to please flesh. Mm -hmm. Because the word of God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, will never profit the flesh. It, he will not speak to your flesh, because the flesh is under witchcraft. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God will never, never, we mollycoddle people, God doesn't, God doesn't molly, He just tells you straight up in the face. Okay? He will look and say, if you don't repent, you will perish. You can't get more blunt than that. Repent or perish. They're not two a third choice. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. Yeah. And he said, therefore I have come to you. Yeah. From there, that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They left. Forget the crowd. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? He's not saying, please don't go away. Immediately house visits. Why didn't you come for two weeks? Are you offended because of the word? Please come back. I will dilute it for you. It's nothing. You don't want to leave. The word is not mine to change it. I am not being offends you like picking on people. We're just telling you the truth about the word of God. Does it offend you? Simon Peter said, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Like today's message, it's not if offend anybody. This is the word of God." Luke chapter two, Matthew chapter two is about Christ's coming. Chapter two of Matthew is when he's two years old. In one words, she brought her firstborn, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, put him in a manger. Out of that, we made these entire imaginative stories. The Bible doesn't say any of these things. Like I was thinking, like we know over here, we're so very used to it. Maybe Joseph came there early, found a vacant plot, made a small little jeopardy, child is going to be born, typical hurried father, did not think about it, ran, found a manger, washed it, put it over there and put the baby in. It is not necessary that Jesus was born in a stable. I am not saying he was not, the only reason why I say he may have been born in a stable is because of Isaiah 1.3. And also because that word grip comes over there. That is my only thing in Isaiah 1-3. The donkey knows. His master's crib, that one line stands over there, okay, my people do not consider, the ox knows its honor, the donkey, its master's crib, but Israel does not know, so if you want to look, was it a prophetic indictment of Israel, my son will be born, he will be born in a stable, he will be put in a crib, the ox will be very quiet, he will not disturb because he knows this is my master. And the donkey will not complain. My crib has been taken. The noggy knows. That's my master. He says, created creatures will acknowledge its creator. But Israel, to whom my law was given, did not know. Mm. So this is the only thing I have. Where I may, he may be. The rest of it, I refuse to accept. I don't want to accept it. Are there Christmas carols? Yes. Where did it come from? Because the shepherds went and some. That's it. Was there a star? Yes, the star is a sign for the unbeliever, saying that here Christ resides. But in most of genuine believing Christians' homes in this world, you can't put a star. You put a star, your head will go. The real church is underground. They cannot even sing a song nor put a star, even in India. So you look at it. How do they witness? What is their witness? Their neighbors know they are Christians, but there is no outward thing at all. And they refuse to change. When the trouble comes, they will say, your God is God. You refuse to buckle. You are willing to give your life. You are not obnoxious and radical like the Muslims. You are the kindest huh. of the people on earth. You know what? We believe your God. We believe your God. We believe your God is God. That should be there because there are two groups which are very clear about their convictions. One are the believing Christians and one are the believing Muslims. But the believing Muslims are violent. Mm. They are violent. That's why the every Muslim is considered a terrorist when they are not one group. And again, the believing Christians are very, very clear about their convictions. What's the difference? We will not kill for our God. Mm. We will die. Die, yes. We will not kill. We will die for our faith. We will die for our fellow brother. We will give everything to help people out. But we will not compromise. We will not deny our Lord, And we will never be violent. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. When they see that, they you look ancient history and all. No, when these martyrs were being taken, people, people saw that the glory, yes. the glory of God, their kindness and their gentleness, and how they died without fear. And you know what happened? The people said, "We believe in their God." Their mm-hmm. God is beginning
1: God. with Stephen. Yeah. Yes, beginning, beginning with Stephen. Stephen. The glory. The
0: thing is that you know the way you die, mm-hmm. because when you try to execute a Muslim. Execution. You have to see the videos. <laughs> when they execute the Muslim, Muslims in Saudi Arabia, the way they rock, cry and roll and all that. Yet if you see pictures of Christians being executed for their faith, nothing. Quite. Many of them sing and they call upon the name of Isa and they die. Pain is there, but they do not. So you, see, and even when they are seeing people who have watched death on both sides, you know, I had once say, uh, Pastor from one of the underground churches in the Middle East actually writing to me when this was going on. He says, every time when one of the believers are killed, 10 Muslims accept the Lord when they watch him, how he dies. So that's a testimony, how he dies because they have seen how the other side dies. Because death is the final doorway. Everybody knows they have to die. When they see some people die, that's—I believe—that is what made Saul fall. Paul. Because what convicted him, he saw the way Stephen, Stephen was die. dying. Blessing God's these people. Lord, do not lay mm-hmm. that forgiveness he had never seen in Judaism. Just not there in Judaism. Because in Judaism, it is kill your enemies. And he had never seen that. And I believe first reaction will be anger. You wanna go after Christians. But one encounter with Jesus, he turns around because the work had already happened when yeah, he saw Stephen saw Tarsus. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen, Stephen die. Die with those words. Those words, okay? And I believe that's why one, uh, thief also on one side of Jesus turned around because he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are. He was listening. And one centurion said, "Truly, this is the Son of God. Mm, mm. What convicted them? Yeah, it's the way he died. Mm. Convicted them, the words. Where did it come from? It's because we know who is with us and who is in us and what we, we are very clear about our convictions. So we don't change doctrine. We don't mess with that because what happens is everything goes away.
1: I, I remember one of the teachings that we had, he were saying, uh, much of the church is also under a curse because they preach a false gospel. Because false gospel says, Paul says
0: that you will be accursed. You are accursed. Anyone who preaches another gospel, you are accursed. The church is under a curse. Okay? You have to put everything in that order. Okay? you Like we say in English, you don't put the cart before the horse. Okay? Seek if us the kingdom of God and all is and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Put it in that add order. Whatever God says he will add, put it in there. Let it be all behind. Don't put it in the front and say, You know what all is going to be added. So follow the kingdom. Hmm. That's not what God hmm. said. That's how the gospel is preached. To you. you know what? You follow the kingdom. You will get this, you will get this. It's a marketing scheme. The word of God is not to be marketed. That's what uh, this thing, you no know, sir, buy this. You no, know, you buy this, you will get this also free. And coupons to buy this many things, discount. And you look at all that thing. Okay, I don't need this product, but take it. <laughs> you know? When we took that, what is that thing called? That uh, Airtel, whatever connection? Uh, uh, not Airtel. Uh, uh, R- uh, Reliance Jio. Uh, they give you coupon to go and buy clothes from Reliance stores. And I said, huh, this is, we want to buy Airtel or Reliance. Reliance, I can buy trousers too. Free. But you don't sell the gospel that way. Jesus would, wouldn't ever do that. He said, count the cost. It may cost you everything. It may not. Hmm. That's the will of my father. It may cost you everything. No compromise on this gospel. This is the gospel. Okay? But eternal rewards? Mind boggling. That I can promise you. On earth? It depends. Hmm. How it goes. One thing is guaranteed. What you need for the life God has for you, it will be provided. That will be taken care of. It will be taken care of. Okay? Only thing, you need to know how to handle it. You know how to be abased. You know to abound. Hmm. But it should not, like we say, it should be non-stick inside. It should be like a non-stick pan. Nothing sticks inside. Only Christ. You know how to be abased. I'm good with it. You know how to and I'm, I'm to good with it too. You. you know why? Because I'm already content with, with Christ. Mm. Contentment—that's what the Bible is very clear. Godliness is the great thing. The Bible does not say mm. because there are a lot of godly people who are discontent. <laughs> I met them—absolute <laughs> Pentecostal <laughs> pastors, very godly. You will not get one word wrong out of them. Their doctrine is fantastic. Gifts work, but you have to—you you don't know them because you have never visited their homes. As a pastor, they have entry into their homes. But when you enter into their homes and start sitting and talking with them, the family, you realize this man is godly. His wife is godly, but they are discontent. That is not what the word of God says. The word of God says, godliness with contentment is a great thing. So when you are content with the person of God, with the person of Christ, you know what what happens is, You can be a waste. You can abound. Neither of them destroys you because you're content already with God. When you are not content with God, let me tell you, when you are not content with God, it doesn't matter what you give that person. They never will be content. Mm. Never will be content. It's like the leech and her five sisters. More, 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 more. And they never will be happy with what they get. And we have to realize, this is the key. You are content with a person. Yes. You are content with a person. And that's who came on Christmas Day. He came on Christmas Day, a mm-hmm. person. As many as you receive. If you go to Colossians, <sighs> chapter 4, 5, and 6, I hope I'm right. I am not good with Pastor Vijay, okay? <laughs> because he memorized scripture, I memorized my Bible. It's there, there. It's there, it's there. Uh, no, I told you I'm not good. Okay. Which one, what is the question? Uh no. It is, no? If then you have received. Three. A, if then you have received? Yeah, that is Colossians. Three. Three, one, two, three question. No, no, no. That's what I said. I'm terrible. Okay, I am terrible. Okay, let's leave it. Okay, where it says, "If then you have received him, walk in him." That is Galatians, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, something. Yeah.
1: Galatians one ten, okay.
0: No, not 10. it cannot be ten. No, 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 it is not. It is not ten. Yeah, and it is not chapter one either. Two it's two six. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I knew it was a six. I told you I was bad with numbers. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. You received Him. Now walk in Him. Okay? Walk you have received him. Christ Jesus the Lord. As many as you received Him, He gave them the authority, the power to be the children of God. Now walk in Him. How do you walk in Him? It's verse seven. How do you walk in Him? The Bible says, rooted. First, be careful about your roots rooted, built up in him Mm. and establishing the faith Mm. as you may have been taught, abounding in it with Mm. thanksgiving. And I will always, I, I learned it late, but I learned it, that one of the manifestations of a person learning to understand God and walk with him is that grace will be poured upon his lips And the first manifestation of grace is thanksgiving. You'll be always grateful to God, whatever your situation Mm. is. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 45 and verse 2. Thanksgiving was, grace was poured upon his lips. You know, if you look at Jesus, you are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon This is spiritual beauty. Mm. And you know, many of Jesus' greatest miracles were just by thanksgiving. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. you. know, And when his disciples are able to understand this, Father, thank you, or hidden it from the wise and revealed it to the children, his mouth poured with thanksgiving. And when it was not there, he was upset. When ten lepers were cleansed and one came back, he said, There were ten, where are the nine? Because he came with a loud voice, fell at his feet, praised God and thanked him. No, he said, go and you will be healed. But he says, my expectation is when that happens, I expect people to be thankful that the grace of God will bring forth thanksgiving. Mm. That is the key. And when you look at people, and sometimes I look into my own heart and I just shake it off and say, I won't look at my outside circumstances. That is not what is real. The real is what God is doing inside me. You know what? I am going to wake up. The first thing I'm going to do to God is that I'm going to thank you. Yes, I look, everything looks bleak. Things seem to be getting worse. But that is not the reality. The reality is I am saved. I am not going to hell. I am going to heaven. You know what? And I can't do anything about it. He mm. did it all for me. Amen. You know what? I just am going to thank God. Thank God. And that's what Colossians is talking about. Walk in Him, rooted in Him, steadfast in faith, and abounding in it with what? With thanksgiving. That's a manifest presence of grace in a person's life. This person has understood how to appropriate the grace of God in his life because he came with the fullness of grace and out of that grace we receive grace upon grace. A person who receives grace will always understand, always grace is free, it cannot be earned and you will just thank God because you will ultimately realize all you need in life is grace. Grace is sufficient for you. Mm. No. Yes, Pastor Vijay, let's go to the next question. Yes, uh, Pastor, this is question number... Uh, yes, we, we didn't finish this. Okay? Yeah, One's head, we need to have doctrine. One's heart, we need to have love. love. Heart has to be... I mean, we have to ask God, Lord, our love won't do, okay? Our love won't do. That's why God's love is the only love He accepts in ministry. Because Jesus could flip from Nicodemus to the Samaritan woman like this and be equally kind to both. From Jairus to a poor woman whose, what an issue. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. Flip to a woman whose issue of blood. So one is rich, one is poor. And He could love them all.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Okay. Go just for a Samaritan woman who was married five times. You go into genuine missions into. I'm telling you, because most of you sitting here and never been in that kind of settings. Okay, never come go into settings. The kind of people, kind of places. God, I told uh, Pastor Vijay and all. No? One of the trips when I had to go. And I went into this remote place in Nepal. It was difficult. First, you go from here to, I think it was to Lucknow. Or oh, Garak, Garakpur. or Luck, Lucknow. You drive five hours from the airport to the Puta, to the Nepal border. Then you go through. Then the next place where you get is around 10 kilometers away. And you have this small, very small battery operator, tuk-tuks. Okay. Then you get that into that luggage with your rest of your team and you reach there. And then you have to haggle. And then you get one vehicle to take you part of the way. And then from the bridge is gone. Then you have to hire another vehicle and that is the Omini. And in that Omini, 10 people sit. And I get the best seat between the driver in the Omini and the passenger middle. In the front of the Omini, 3 people sit. And the gear shift is between your legs. And you have to sit like this so you can shift the gear. <laughs> and you are going on mission. And let me tell you, there is no money in it. You don't even get 1 rupee out of this. Okay, And these people are very, very simple. You reach late in the night at 10 in the night and there is no signboard, nothing. They will just tell you, tell the driver to drop you at this particular point. They drop you over there. Now you have to cross a raging river at 10 in the night, no lighting over a hanging bridge which is swaying like this with the light of your mobile. Everybody. And then the pastors, two people have come over there. You have to walk one hour before you will reach an auto rickshaw not it's a kind of an auto you can't even call it an auto at least thank God they carried my suitcase. you walk over there then all of you get into it then they take for me they get take you to a hotel wake up that's you can't call it a hotel you can't call it a lodge they wake you up the lady gives you the room and I will tell you I heard very distinctly when I was living from Hyderabad I was a parking my suitcase. I heard the Spirit of God say, take a bedsheet. I "I never take a bedsheet when I go because everywhere you go you get decent accommodation. I pay for my always, almost always I pay for my accommodation and I always get a decent place. This time He said, take a bedsheet. I didn't take a bedsheet. When I opened and I saw that room, I heard Him say, didn't I tell you to take a bedsheet? Because you couldn't sleep on that bed. You couldn't sleep on anything. You know that night, the first thing, I reached at 11 in that night. The first thing I did for one hour was clean the toilet. Because you couldn't use it. It was that filthy. Then I slept on my towel. Now when you're talking about missions, but next day when you meet the people, they are poor. And you just love them. It was a three-day pastor's conference and you look at them some of them had walked 8 to 14 hours to reach that place you want to complain walked
1: mm-hmm.
0: them. you want to complain I just I just I swear I said, oh, thank you two days third third day they they said third day and tomorrow is Saturday Nepal it is Saturday so they said we need to leave early on Friday because some of them has to walk six seven hours before they reach so they said uh, past usually meeting begins at nine o'clock would it be okay after three days would you come early in the morning by seven o'clock teach us for two more hours before we can leave I said I will come I will come and every day we walk to those places. We walk to these places, okay? What I'm saying is, when you are talking about cross-cultural missions, I told you this about 25 years ago, when I met this great man, great man of God, in a sense, genuine missionary, 50 years. You know, and I told the Lord, very big heart, I Lord, if you call me to the ministry, I will go anywhere. But Lord, I say with this great humility, take me to a place where there is a toilet toilet a restroom a toilet because right from childhood i am used to it because we lived in convent quarters in those days onwards we had electricity we had running water and we had proper toilets i'm not used to not having a toilet here. god always answered my prayer when i told this man he said james by your one prayer you have taken world's half the population out of your ambit of your ministry because they do not have access to your toilet. Do you want to stick to your prayer? I said, no, I want to change it. <laughs> I want to change it. So when I'm talking about cross-cultural ministries, you need to know the gospel in its simplicity. Mm. One, doctrine, well, but simplicity. Because you cannot teach them the way we teach in our churches. They won't understand. So if you ever see me in missions, I preach like this at all. Hey, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I don't know them. You know them. Take over and make it simple for them. And he will make it simple for them. It has to be simple. Second, you need to love them because they are God's people. And the third thing is that one's habits you do not offend them. You do not offend them. That's one of the reasons Paul says, do not ask questions about things from the marketplace. You eat, you Water. eat what they give you and trust God, you will not fall ill. I'm telling you, you go in missions, you don't want to know what they serve you sometimes because each tribe, their culture is different. You just shut your eyes. Trust the word of God that if you receive it thanksgiving, it is sanctified. You are not going to get your bislery bottle and kinley bottle, and there is nothing over there. You eat what they give you. You drink what they give you, and trust what God says in Mark sixteen. Even if it is poison, it will not, not harm you. you. And I'm telling you, I have fallen ill in five star hotels. I have never fallen ill in the village. <laughs> In and when my team has come along with me, last time also when we went on that way to Nepal, there was a pastor, three, four, and the sister, and the sister has got severe issue with her stomach. She cannot eat anything. She never eats anything from outside. So when we stopped at the first dower, she said, I cannot eat anything. She said, why? I said, why? Well, you know, all this makes, sense. I said, you know what? You are coming with me. I'm leading the team, right? So trust me. I said, when Jesus said to his disciples, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? They said, no. I said, you are coming with me. You will eat and I promise you by the word of God under the anointing, you will not fall ill. She ate through the whole strip. She never fell ill. Never no. fell You have to grab the word of God uh, with both, both, both hands and say, yeah. I believe what you say. I am on mission. I am on your work. I will not fail. When I come back home, it's a different story, but I am not going to fall ill in my mission. I will not fall ill on mission. And if I fall ill on mission, I will also be healed just like that, mm-hmm. I believe. Because you will not allow your work to be curtailed. I will not allow the enemy to rule over this situation. You have to believe. So call cross. That's what Paul says about one's habit. You know what he said? I am all things to, to all, all men. People. Yes. All men. So you don't offend. And if you have some habit, some habit, which, you know, that's one of the things I always tell young pastors when I in you know, when you're going somewhere, don't make it difficult for them. Mm, yes. I need, you know, I have, have heard this American big timer say that, oh, where in India do you want to have this crusade? First find out if there is an airport. If there is not an airport, I am not coming. They make their conditions. One, they want an airport. Second, they want five star and they want this much offering when they go back. Otherwise, they are not coming and they need this much crowd. Now my bhav is this big minimum this many thousands. Otherwise, I am not coming. It will not look good on my profile. My foot, I tell them. Jesus went for one woman. Whose servant are you? Mm. He walked. He walked. Nowhere in the Bible does he say in the three and a half of his ministry, except for his final journey, he went on a donkey. He walked through it all. I don't understand some. I'm not saying we are grateful if we have accommodation. We are grateful we get transport. But we don't demand these things. Yes. Because sometimes we forget whose servants we yeah. are. Mm. So we have to be careful we don't offend others. Offend others. Second, we are also careful that our habits don't offend them. Why? Because in no way we want the gospel to be restricted. Mm. Restricted. Restricted, no? That's, that's why I tell young people, no? Fast, exercise, walk. Mm. Learn all these things because your body should be able to you see. I love my wife. I would love to have her with me in many places. But I know most of the places where I go, she can't come. She simply can't come. One, she can't walk those kind of mountains and all those she can't come. Two, I will never take her to the kind of accommodations where I can live. Where she cannot live. She can, and I will not put her through that at this age. I will not put her through that. I told you one night I reached a place (laughs) at 12 in the night. GPS wasn't working. Nothing was working. Finally we reached the place and this pastor says, poor man, in an, in, Entirely Hindu village, only the only that's a Hindu. They wouldn't give them a house, so they got a shop with a shutter. Nobody was renting the shop. So he took that place. He was living in a corner and they gave me the best room to sleep, and it was the kitchen. It was the kitchen. And there was no toilet. There was no toilet. He slept there in the kitchen. I didn't even ask the others where they slept because I slept at the kitchen. I slept in the kitchen. I didn't go to the restroom for 24 hours because there was nowhere to go. Where they went, I simply couldn't go. And then the next day, we shifted to a place. And you need to realize bone breaking. There's no roads, nothing. Sitting on the back of a bike Holding your backpack on your back and your suitcase in your lap at this age. I'm talking just two years ago. At this age. okay, And you have no complaints. You know why complaints? Because you know who came to die for you. Amen. He left everything for you. No complaints. So yes, you have to change your habits. You don't have to be offensive. You have to discipline yourself. That's what Paul is telling us. He's a master teacher. Mm. missions, Paul. He tells Timothy, endure hardship hardship as discipline. discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. Never be offended. Never, ever be offended. And like... I wish I could go cold turkey like Pastor Vijay for twenty. I don't think I can handle that now at my age. Twenty-one days, no food at all, just water. I, I can't handle it. Two meals I can handle. I can handle three days, seven days, but twenty-one days I don't want to try it. Okay, I don't want to try it. Two meals. I, I mean, I, I
1: just wanted to do this time because, <laughs> <laughs> because, <Okay>. yeah, because <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: But we we have to teach ourselves these yes. things. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you. Otherwise, you're putting. Limits on how God can. Be. What happens if we end up in prison like Paul and all? Do you know what you get there? Would you be able to survive? They are not going to let you. How many of our pastors in India are lying in prisons? What are Indian prisons like? But they are not, as far as I know, they are not grieving. or They, they have a ministry in prison. And they're very cool. I know two of my friends in the other country when they were sent into prison for hard labor. And that country, it's not even like our country. It's hard labor means they are in chains and they have to carry rocks, break rocks in the quarry. For what? For preaching the gospel. Hmm. For preaching the gospel, six months they were in prison. But you know, by the time they left, six months, they had converts in the, this thing. And they had favor. Like Joseph, they had favor with the water. So before going, they asked the word, and we have one favor. They said, yes, what do you want? They said, can we have a drum of water? Hmm. And this he said, for what? He said, we have few converts to baptize. <laughs> they <laughs> baptized them and came out of <laughs> prison. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, if they hadn't gone into the prison, who? how would these people get really converted? Hallelujah. So why do you want to put limits on God? Hmm. That's why Paul is saying, I am chained, but the gospel is not changed. And because he was not changed, and he's being chained to the Praetorian God, the <laughs> gospel has reached Caesar's household because the guards are saying, We've been chained to many prisoners, hmm. but we have never been to change a man like that. This man is godly, he's such a kind man, he's such a godly man, and he talks about his God, we believe in his God. The whole gospel has spread in the praetorian guard. That is Caesar's bodyguards. Mm. Because he was changed to that.
1: Actually, one of the men of God says, Paul was not Caesar's prisoner. Caesar was, Caesar was his prisoner. <laughs> Caesar <laughs> Caesar. Caesar. <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So get this picture, see. Because many of the Western nations, America, are falling apart. People are on this. Look at the scene in SFO, San Francisco, oh, and all. Oh, homeless all over the streets. An absolute mission ground. It's easier in U.S. than in because the entire culture is Christian. Yes. Here we have to be very, very, very careful, careful because the roots are waiting to see. What a place it is! You can it just is, go to the streets and preach them. You can go there and sit with them and, and, and place really place talk also. to them and help them through it because. The, Here it is a different thing. You have to be always watchful. Even if you are trying to help somebody, somebody else who is watching will come and beat you because you are trying to convert. He is not worried. This fellow dies in his poverty. But if you convert him, he gets upset. So you have to be very, very wise over here. Very wise over here. Our boys used to do that. And Pastor Ramesh still does it. Every day he does it. He goes in the night. He feeds the beggars. He sits with them. He gives them the gospel. That's why I love him so much. I tease him. I said, you are not Mary. You are Martha. You cannot sit and listen to the word, but you are out there always serving the Lord. I said, we need people like you." And he goes out. And you know what? Mm-hmm. You know why he is like that? Because that's how he got saved. He's from a Hindu background. And at Metagura, that church, what is that called? St. Anthony's. Anthony's Church. Yeah. He used to sit there begging. Sitting as a young man, he used to sit there begging. And God saved him. And he's always grateful. And you know what? Because God saved him from that, his heart and his burden is to people like that. You look at him, (coughs) he's out there. And you have to see how many people he knows in the city. How much they give him stuff. This this whole winter, he's been distributing blankets to the beggars and the poor on the streets. And food and vegetables. He will get it every day. He will go and give it to them. And he just doesn't do social work. He will give them the gospel. Must and he will pray. And that's what God is talking about. You have to look at where God is sending you and say, Lord, well, I take the limits off. I will not limit. Like Psalm 70, it says, I will not limit your hand by my unbelief. Mm-hmm. I am available. In the palace, I will preach. To Agrippa, Felix. In the prison, I will still share. You decide where I am. Mm. But one thing, I will witness Christ and I will abase. I will abide. If Felix calls me to have dinner with him, I can eat with Felix. Mm. If I am served for six months prison food, I can eat that too. Sure. I am good. I am good. We will not put either way. No, I cannot eat Felix. Then you are going into I cannot eat because you know what? I am a prisoner for Christ. I will only eat prison for God said, dude, that is false humility. Mm -hmm. Okay, eat with Felix and then go eat that also. Mm -hmm. That is true. Whichever way God. So we need that doctrine, but learn in missions. You have to learn to put the gospel very simple. And don't do not hesitate to pray. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot convince anybody, but everybody wants prayer. Mm-hmm. When you pray, in the prayer, lift the, the name of Jesus. Jesus and believe something to happen. Yes. Pray. Believe something to happen and love them from your heart. Simply because God loves them. Say, Lord, help me to love them the way you love them. And third, because I'm telling you, boy, I have had troubles with mission fields. Like in winter, it's the most difficult in some countries. You want to puke in a church meeting with everything is closed. It stings. Wow. They don't wash their clothes. They don't wash their socks. It stinks, <clears throat> And you have to ask for grace. Lord, I will not puke. I will not throw up. And I will preach. I will preach. I need your grace, Lord. I need your grace, Lord. And they, don't they, mm-hmm. they don't know they stink. They don't know they stink. They don't know they stink. But we are not suddenly used to it. none. You know, when it is absolutely stinking, you want to puke. I literally have been in meetings where I wanted to puke. And you just ask the Lord. I am holding in. You will help. And you finish three hours with them. You will love them. You look at the simplicity of it. You see tears flowing down. I still remember in Dubai preaching to the Pakistanis. In that Pakistani church. They were all laborers. The second church was, of course, they all came in their SUVs, but the first church, they were all laborers in that pathan's dress, you know, all of them, but right? you had to see that, that typical Muslim, kind of this thing, you No, know, they come in and fall on their knees before Christ. And then I was talking about Christ, I was preaching to them in Hindi, and I could see the ones in front. You could see tears flow and flow and flow and flow. Big Patan men <laughs> just flowing from their face, you know what? Just to hear how much Jesus loves them. How much Jesus loves them. You know, that God really, really come out of the 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 shackles of law, Sharia. To find that there is a God who really, really loves and cares for them, no? So missions, you have to absolutely trust the word of God, the spirit of God, and say, Lord, let me not be a stumbling block. Amen. No, me not be. And I will tell you that. I know I've said it a couple of times. It was interesting that that mission field, because second service was the English service. I preached there also. All Generally well-to-do, all of them well-to-do, all of their vehicles, cars, apartments, everything, you know. So my brother-in-law had driven me, okay. So the, one of the elders, after finished, no, no, they don't understand because I've been like that. said, sorry, church is going through a tough time, we don't have money to give you an offering. And I said, I don't come for an offering. And I am in a church, and I'm perfectly fine. You gave me a pulpit, I preached the word, we are going. So my brother-in-law was very upset. So he was saying, you know, I was very upset when they said they don't have an offering to give to a visiting missionary. I told my sister and also sitting at the back, I said, the same bag I brought to church. I said, open the bag. I said, look in it. They started taking the notes. Sir. I said, who do you think gave it? I said, the laborers put it in my bag. So I said, who is rich? Hmm. Who is rich? So this is exactly what James says. Those who are poor, God has made them rich Rigen in faith. faith. The rich who came in SUVs said they have no money. The poor who were brought in buses and public transport, they were so touched. They said, didn't they say anything. So they were just putting money. I think it was almost a thousand dirhams. Wow. They have put in. And they okay. were Internet.
1: Internet. Internet. <coughs> I changed the internet now.
0: Check, check. Oh, sound is there. Internet is gone. (laughs) Are we back? Almost. Okay. So I'm telling you, missions... Unless your heart is right, you will be a grumbler, you will be miserable, <laughs> but if you love the Lord and love God's people, you will, at the end of the day, you will really, really, it's it's a different, what you call it, it's like a sportsman who wins the race, what do you call it, adrenaline rush? Yes, adrenaline <laughs> yes. rush. I still remember one place where I reached, they did not even have electricity when I reached that place. But some, somehow they had a mobile. And many of these places, they don't have, they have like two hours electricity per day. So they have these solar panels. Somehow the news had reached them that pastor eats roti for night. Hmm. These poor people had never made roti in their lives. They made roti which was like, cardboard. <laughs> Not only that, they broke it into pieces and kept it. And they made one sabji with bitter god or something along with it. And I sat and I ate with them. You know what? It's because they did it, I started thinking, oh, these people who have never seen in my life, heard from somebody from somewhere and they went out of the way to make something oh. they have never made. Okay, you know what? You just want to thank God. Mm. You just want to thank God for them. So I'm saying missions is interesting.
1: Pastor, I think question number 21 will be a good call. For for somebody else in mission,
0: I'm not mentioning land or place or country or this thing. Let me tell you something, okay? There are places where you, if God takes you there, they don't like fresh meat. (laughs) If they (laughs) if they eat the meat for them which is tasty, is once they kill the animal, they bury the meat for three days. (laughs) Okay. After three days they take it out, wash it and they cook it and it stinks. But they like it. And that is one of their delicacies. And they may serve it to you. (laughs) What do you ask for? Grace.
1: Let us have grace. <laughs> Let us have grace.
0: That's what you say. That's what you say before a meal, right? There are certain certain meals where you will understand the meaning of grace when you say grace. Lord, I really, really want to be thankful over this meal. or I really need it. In me, it is not there, all Oh Lord! I just need it,
1: that's, a one. I'd say, I'd say, That's when
0: I re- remember my old uh, nursery rhymes when I sh- learned as a child some like it hot, some like it cold some like it <laughs> in the <laughs> pot nine days old, old. <laughs> 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 like, but he would tell you they are loving people yeah, okay. the further you are away from the city the simpler the, simpler <laughs> the people are the easier yeah, the, the gospel no imaginations no imaginations no pretensions they are very simple the ease and the joy which, which they accept the gospel you have to see it like There's the more a you come into course. the city mm. you break your head over them you need slides you need all this stuff you need animation and still they will sit like that. <laughs> as if you are doing God is doing them a favor you should be grateful God that I came to listen to your oh, word right. hallelujah <laughs> this is the other side around oh my gosh I love missions. I missed two years as something. I missed the This Omicron came in. Was waiting for the travel restrictions to be lifted to be to be back on missions. The joy of missions. Yes, Pastor.
1: Actually, question number twenty-one is a good corollary, Pastor. Our ungrateful <laughs> hearts <laughs> and unthankful <laughs> tongues. To Mar to our, our fellowship by causing, by
0: causing us, us to miss, to miss a thousand, thousand opportunities, opportunities for exercising for it. Exercising. <laughs> Would you say <laughs> Would this messes fellow? Of course, oh, of, course, of, course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I mean, we don't even know what luxury is. Mm. Think about Jesus. Now, I always ask these people, and you know, even the countryside, when I tell them, they understand it. I said, think about it, okay, two thousand years ago. I said, now you are you're you are, even in the countryside, things are all normal. I said, two thousand years ago Jesus came in this body, he ate. He had to go to the toilet. I asked him, where do you think Jesus, the Son of God who created the world, went out to the toilet for? Where did you think he go? And we look at it, we wouldn't go that way anymore. He had no running water, he had no electricity. Nothing, everything that we take it for granted. And if power cut for one hour, we complain, we we don't know what to do. And I said, you know what, the son of man, do you know how we lived 2,000 years ago? In a po- I will tell you, it's a poor carpenter's house. Because the Levitical law was there, but still he went outside. Outside, yes. Yes, he went outside. And I said, we don't even know what luxury is. He, he is God. He is God. And he looked that way and he had no complaints. And he was thankful. He's always thankful. He's always thankful. Okay. We need to have, we need to. I'm not I'm not saying that when something should be done better, uh, you should not say that, you know, this can be done better. But you can say that without being unthankful. Mm. Without being unthankful. One is a different issue of justice and righteousness. The other is the issue of heart. You are still thankful. You are still thankful, and ungratefulness and thankfulness will kill you. And that's one of the first signs. If you go to Romans chapter one, one. and even though yeah. they knew God twenty-one was twenty-one. Yes, I think it is twenty-one. They were
1: ungrateful, They're unthankful.
0: Yes, Pastor, it's okay. there, twenty-one? Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. <laughs> not the first fall of man from the knowledge of God, is he becomes unthankful. Unthankful. That's the first thing you have to notice. Whenever you notice, he said, be careful, you're on the way down. Mm. So the first thing mentioned is that though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And their heart, they were not thankful. Soon as it, you don't become thankful and ungrateful, futility gets into your thought life. Your thoughts become futile. Your hearts become darkened. So you look, you look at what is put, it's, it's such a scary verse. You have to glorify God as God. You don't do that and your attitude becomes ungrateful. Your thoughts become futile, useless thoughts. Your hearts become darkened and the slide goes down, 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 down. down. It goes down. So yes, that question is very, very important. And one of the sim See, all these things... If You go to Romans 10.10, 10, okay? Romans 10.10. 10. You you have to get this. I had it on my notes this morning. Let me see what I wrote in my notes. Ajka notes. Yes, 10.10, 10, yeah. With the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth is oh. confession made unto the salvation. salvation. Yes. You believe in your heart for righteousness. But you don't believe in your heart for your salvation. You confess with your mouth for your salvation. So, there are so many things in life including gratitude and thankfulness which has to be confessed for you to be saved out of ungratitude. How do you say it? You wake up first thing Mm. in the morning and you say, you know Lord, I am just grateful you saved me. I am just grateful. That's how you are saved out of your situations. Mm. There is one thing it's it's a very actually to be honest, this morning the Lord told me. He said, Look at this carefully once again. He said, one thing is connected with righteousness, the other thing is connected with salvation. You think both are the same? He says both are not the same. Mm. In your heart you believe for righteousness, but in every situation you want to be saved. It comes out of your confession. Impression. And you have to confess, right, what I said and what I did. And you know, he said, I was always grateful. Mm. I was always grateful to my father. If there was somebody who could have been ungrateful on earth, it could have been me. Because I know what luxury is. I know how I lived in heaven. Bah. And how I had to live on earth. And every day, I was grateful to my father. And that's your salvation. You confess for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful I am thankful, Lord. I am thankful for the wife you have given me. I am thankful for the children you have given me. I am thankful for the accommodation you have given me. I am thankful for the provision you have given me. Lord, I am thankful. I may have issues with justice, righteousness, things to be done. But Lord, I am thankful. I am thankful. And God says, when you are thankful that way, you can deal with issues. Mm -hmm. Deal with issues. But if you are not Thankful, even if the issue is dealt with, you are still not happy mm-hmm. because basically deep inside you are ungrateful mm-hmm. and unthankful. Yes. Okay, that is the key. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Yes, <coughs> that was a good question. I think that was. You, from you, you, want, you want to just look at it? Yeah. Must have, must have? Would it say this? Of course, it messes up our fellowship with Jesus. With Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hmm? <coughs> of course, it messes up with Jesus.
1: Yes. Question number twenty-two. Uh, is again, uh, mission, regarding with mission, I think it's connected with missions. So our girls pray, open my eyes, let me see fields ready for harvest, dear Lord. Is it wrong to pray that way? No, it's not wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Because unless God opens our eyes, we won't see who is mm-hmm. in need. Yes. Because they all look the same. And many of their smiles are false when they are broken inside. God has to show it to us. It's not a wrong prayer. He said the harvest is ripe, the fields are right, the harvest but he what is he basically saying? He says, You are not able to see. <laughs> he says, he says, My eyes are open. I am able to see. What it's it's like these two salesmen they talk about, no, who went to some small place in Africa about shoes. Hmm. One salesman both were from different companies, one sent a telegram saying that no opportunity here. Nice. Nobody wears shoes. Another man said only opportunity here because nobody has shoes. Okay, so God says open your eyes. If you were to pray, suddenly God will show you, you know what, the person you've been working with sitting next to you for years is the mission field. You never witnessed to that. Hmm. Open my eyes, O Lord. Okay. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into His. The Lord of the harvest. That's the Spirit of God. That is Jesus. He said to His disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Hmm. Okay. Both for the laborers and to see the harvest, we have to ask. But you can't ask for laborers if you are not one. No? You must say, Lord, I am available. Lord, send laborers, but don't call me. You can't do that. That's not a prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <not> a <laughs> if you need my opinion, Lord, you can have it. It's a suggestion. Okay, okay it's not a prayer. Okay, but you of honest, these are children in New York. Thank God for them. No, God is saying, no, yes, you should pray, and God will show you the mission field. You can let me see the fields ready for harvest. No, but it will take time. It will take time. Okay, it will take time because what happens is we have to come to that level of even Paul, God didn't give it to him in the beginning mm. and all for a long time yeah. because he would go hundreds of kilometers on the wrong way and then finally find out that's not where God wants him to be turned around and make him walk the other way. But Jesus, you will never see one wrong step. Mm-hmm. One. I mean, I look at what you, what do you have a term for that in economics to the maximum with the least waste of energy, resource. That was Jesus. Never out of step with the Holy Spirit. He knew exactly where to go, when to go, how to take a break in between, to get your rest, to continue the ministry. Here is preaching, the crowds, everybody, everybody get into your boat, fall faster, go to the friend. fall faster, sleep, storm is coming, nothing bothers him. And then the disciples are upset, Still, the storm, goes across, demon-possessed man, heals him, comes back. Man, he knew how to do ministry, without wasting time, wasting energy. But... <laughs> Absolutely, in step
1: with the spirit. In step, <laughs> up.
0: but that's why he was so much in tune with his father. Mm. We hear a person is demon forces. We will say, "Let me fast seven days for him and find out the will of God whether I should go to him." Or. But I am not saying. Well, God doesn't do things in a one like that because we have to. Otherwise, we'll, pride will get in. You know, the mm. I hear from God. But I mean, that's not. He trains us to go that route. Then we realize, you know, like I tell my wife also. We are not going. It's not needed. Now, we are at this age. We have to be very careful about our time, our energy, and our resources. We have to be good stewards. We we can't just beat around in the air. Everything has to count. We have to be focused. God has given us something that is too big and too difficult. And we cannot, we cannot, I will tell her also, I don't want you... Praying with everybody who calls you to pray. Because every person has only so much amount of energy and oil to pray with every day. And everybody calls you for this thing and that thing. And then you, your energy is flowing out. You are weak by the end of the evening. Yet I need you to pray for issues which are really, really serious. Because that's you. That's your gift. The spirit of prayer and supplication God has given you. And I need it. And it so we have to be very careful as we grow. We need to realize time is getting. Jesus said, "Soon the hour of darkness will be here. Work when it is light." And you saw how much years you wasted in India, and suddenly mission fields such as closing up absolutely closely there are villages where village panchayats so the local bodies for those who don't understand in india north india which have passed in their resolution that if anyone becomes a christian he will have to pay ten thousand rupees per day and his family and they will be cut off from the rest of society they cannot draw water from the village well they cannot buy from the shops you do not know what it means in rural india you are dead Mm. all you can do is back up and go. And I know one pastor, I know one pastor in North India who has got a campus. At a point of time, he had 500 people living in his campus who had to leave their homes because they were cast out. So we need to realize, times are not what we are looking like. They're not looking like, you know. And I'm not mentioning the pastor and all. He even has an underground cellar in his church where families are hidden for whom they are looking for. In India, we are talking about in India. Okay, we are not talking about another country, we are talking about in India. Okay, so we need to realize the doors are shutting. The hours of light is very little and we have to be very careful. I am going to put my time, my money, my energy where it gives maximum impact for the Kingdom of God. Just look at, let's just think about it. Okay, go to, go to, uh, how God does in John chapter four. John chapter four. Okay, John chapter four. Okay, now if you look at it, it's absolutely targeted. He went there. He sat by the well. Sent all his disciples out. Because you know if the disciples are there, this woman won't come. She's a Samaritan. No, Samaritan woman is going to come to you well when she sees 13 Jewish men sitting over there. She won't come. Sends them all away. He sits there alone. She approaches him. He has an encounter with her. He draws it out of her through his conversation because literally grace was poured upon his lips. A Samaritan rabbi asked, sorry, a Jewish rabbi asked a Samaritan woman, would you give me any water? That's grace. And she says, you are a rabbi, you are asking me for water. And he turns the conversation on the head, brings her to salvation. Now look, look, okay, yeah. I, I want you to, I want you to, verse 28 and then 39. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then go to 39. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. You come down to 40. Okay? So the Samaritans came to him and had come to him. They urged him to stay with them. He stayed there two days, a Samaritan town. When he said, don't go to the cities of the city, stay there two days. Many more believed because of his own word. You know why? Because it was absolutely Holy Spirit targeted operation. He said, this is the one you touch, you'll get the town. Who see the worst lady in the town? If she believes and changes, the rest will believe God is true. Okay, This is what I'm talking about. When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, he will take us to the right person. Open my eyes, O oh Lord, that I may see the harvest. If he, we don't, or he doesn't open our eyes, you go through that town. That's the last person you will think it's a harvest field. You will not go to her. Oh, woman, married five times, living with a boyfriend. No, hopeless case. <laughs> that is what we'll say. We were uh, a Catholic. We'll say we'll ask Saint Jude to pray for her. Saint so Jude. He's a saint for the hopeless in there district. <laughs> Oh, we have to ask Jude to pray for, no? But that's not the case. The Holy Spirit's ways are so different. This is targeted operation. We mm-hmm. need to pray. Open my eyes. Let me see fields ready for harvest. It's not wrong to pray. It is the right way to pray. Yes, Pastor Vijay? Pastor, the,
1: the, the, you would say that in these last days, you're, you're, even as you're saying the doors are closing, is there a, huge
0: harvest that is coming is there going to be a in gathering like the way that you it will happen that will happen how it will happen we do not know that we have to find from god but also saying this question i like that question and i saw show you showed you the example the thing is that sometimes if god will let me let me let me put it across in a in the muslim world Mm. When we had our incredible successes that took place is because you know what? Some of the people who were initially touched was like the head of a clan. Mm. Mm. And in the Muslim thing, they have something which is more like a herd mentality. Yes, yes. Herd mentality, okay? When the head of the clan who is the most difficult gets saved, then suddenly the word goes out and Everybody gets saved, genuinely gets saved. And because they are very interconnected through marriage and this thing and before you know it goes from one country to another country to another country. I'm not giving you details online, but it was like unbelievable how it happened. It's because it was not in our hands, it was released by God and He targeted the people. Targeted the people. You target a person, one person, like like uh Today, in one particular city, particular city, I'm not mentioning because there are crackpots who listen also, troublemakers who listen. This thing, no? One particular city. Today, there were 600 Catholics listening today's message and the person wrote, they were not offended because it's still showing from scripture. Yeah. But you know why 600 Catholics were there? Because mm-hmm. of the person who got saved. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to get saved. If somebody else had got saved, probably there would have been not even sixty or six. Mm-hmm. But God targeted this person. He gets saved. And he immediately starts calling everybody. Says, Come and listen. Few people got offended in the beginning and all. But it's been increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. So yes, we need. Yes, we need to know. And that is because when doors are closing, but the door that God opens, mm. not, you see, that's about mission. This is actually about mission. Mm. So don't meet me in the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. Chapter 3. Chapter yeah. 3 yeah. and words. One, seven onwards. Okay, seven onwards. Okay, seven onwards the angel of the church in philadelphia philadelphia means the church with true brotherly love they love one another these things says he who is holy he is who is true has the key of david who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens now this is what this is the important part i know your works see i have set before you an open door why did he set an open door for them and no one can shut it. It's because for you have very little strength. Right, yeah. And that is not the way we think. We think of a mega church with unlimited funds. God will keep an open door. He says, no. because they don't need me. Yes. They're dependent upon their money. What is missions always ask for? Money, money, sow your seeds. Have we ever in all of our life ever asked anybody to sow your seed? We never asked anybody. We have very little strength. Therefore, you know what? We are entirely dependent upon God. Hmm. It is not good to be weak before God. It's one of the best things you can be. That God in these 14 years has opened doors for us. where it would have been impossible for us if we had been a mega church with millions of dollars of funding. I'm telling you, Billy Graham ministry took 40 years to reach around 190 countries or 80 countries. In less than that, in 10 years, we reached 195 countries without stepping out of Hyderabad. You know why? Because we had no strength. Mm. We had absolutely no strength. And you know what? Second thing, we kept his word. We refused to budge from the word. Whether it was a Christmas or a Good Friday or anything connected with doctrine, within our understanding, we were never perfect because only Christ was perfect. Mm. We can never be perfect when it comes to doctrine. But what we knew Once we knew it was true, we refused to budge from that. Even people get upset, people leave. We cannot change from this because this is what is true. Therefore, you know what happened. We had no strength. We kept his word. We did not deny his name. And God says, that is a pattern I have set for all the churches, Myrna and Philadelphia. Some churches out in the Middle East, our own churches, he said, you will die. Hmm. You will die you will die. And there are so many, entire churches with And they were mass buried in, in the entire whole church died. And one of our dear brothers from America, his wife died in that lot. And she said, don't even take my body back to US. Bury me with them. I lived with them. I died with them. Bury me here when if I die with them. Her body wasn't taken back in a mass grave. So that is Smyrna. So I have seen in my own lifetime, God working with us in the pattern of Smyrna and the pattern of Philadelphia. And I look at it and said, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Who am I to complain? I was, some of our churches, many of our churches are Smyrna. How many people we have lost? I, I've forgotten, forget congregation members. I've forgot, Start counting the pastors we have lost. Executed, hung, crucified. Crucified. Pastors and his children. Crucified together. You know? Of course in the beginning it's upset me, now it doesn't upset me. It's, it's just, if that's what you say, that you are not going to come out, what you told Smirna, and be faithful unto death, who might to object? If that's your will for them, it's good. You know? So I'm telling that you need to understand, this is it. We are, nobody can shut that door. Hmm. I have said before you an open door, the last two days churches. One is Philadelphia, other is Laodicea. Laodicea has shut its door to God. To Philadelphia, God has opened to them and said, "No man can shut it. No man can shut it." You know what? I don't want to be Laodicea. Absolutely. I don't want to be. I don't want fame. I don't want name. We don't want any of those things. We want to remain obscure. And we just want the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. People get saved. We don't want to put it on a mission board. We don't want to pin a flag on it. We don't want anything. Our website is the simplest website that if you look at it, you won't even realize anything is happening over there unless you know how many subscribers we have on podcast. (laughs) Then only we will know. No, Then only we will know. So, we don't have, this nothing to do. Because even after all these things, there is no guarantee when you reach over in heaven, he will say, well done, good, Good and faithful come. Because somebody is coming where he says, what are you talking about? Let me tell you what he did, how faithful he was. Most of the time, you are unfaithful. This fellow is faithful. You want faithfulness? That is faithfulness. So, don't count your chickens before they hatch. (laughs) But all we can say is, we are grateful, Lord. That you use us, mm. we are only grateful. We are not counting any of our chickens. None of these things matter. You know? Yes, Pastor Vijay. Yes, Pastor. I think we you wanna to close? Us. Yes. <laughs> I want a high. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not adrenaline; it's anointing. I'm on a high. So, but you have to preach tomorrow, so I will let you. <laughs> 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 last, last message for the year Sundays, right? Our fifty second Sunday. You need to realize, no, the promise God gave. He was He was very faithful. Very, he really enlarged us this year. Those who knew it, believed it, experienced it, we know He enlarged us. Not in the way this natural carnal eyes looks, but He stretched us. Unbelievably to us. If you look at the opposition and the restrictions, He stretched us. The churches around the world, the people we were able to reach, only God could have done it. And I just thank God. Do not spare. We did not spare. <laughs> he did not spare either. 54, 2 and 3. Yeah, you know. Know. I it's there. Know. Everybody knows. It's I right know. there. that was the promise he gave us on 31st. You have to believe and you have to allow. And you realize, you no, know, when you stretched, It is as if the cord is going to break. The whole tent was going to collapse. But at the end of the day, you are still there. It hasn't collapsed. You are still there. Lord, how are we going to meet this way? Till today, I'm telling you. Till today. Till today. I know what I'm talking about. I know what we go through every day. Till today. The first thing when I got up from my nap was, inbox was full. This, 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 this this happening. Till today, he has come through. He's been faithful. He stressed us. He stressed us. So I look back and I, look and I say, Lord, thank you. Your descendants will inherit the nations. Who is this? Barren woman. Mm. Okay. In the eyes of the world, we are looking at it personally. If you look at in the eyes of the world, verse 1 says, you look barren. They will say, what is there in your church? All these years. How many sing oh barren women? How many people do you have? How many people have jobs? Orphans, single mothers, no students. How many people have? But he says, your dissonance. Your dissonance. Look at verse 3. Your dissonance will inherit the nations. You know how many nations are our spiritual dissonance. When this year began, in one particular nation, In a particular time we had two people. Last week we have reached 2,800 in that one church. When we began it was two. That is the most impossible mission ground in the world right now. Two to almost 3,000. You think it is not possible with God? God says all things are possible with God. So we just sow the seed. Paul, Paul, Paul plants. Paulus waters. God gives the increase. increase. The one who plants, the one who waters is nothing. God is everything. I'll pray, okay? Uh, Father God, (laughs) I just want to thank you, Lord, because you are everything. If we were something, nothing would have happened. Mm. Nothing would have happened. We can't change one heart. We can't even change the hearts of our own spouses or our own children. We don't Mm. have that power. Mm. If they change, it's because you are changing them. Yes, Lord. We don't have any power to change anybody, Lord. Only you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Only you. You are everything, Lord. And as we come to the end, Lord, the end, the final Q and A for this year, twenty twenty one. I just want to thank you, Lord. You stressed us. As Paul said, Lord, there were times we despaired, Lord. Would we come through this situation? But at the end of the day, we are still there, standing with you, Lord. All we can say is thank you, Lord. I thank you for every soul that was added into the kingdom of God in this 12 months, Lord. Mm. Hundreds. No one would know the number. Only you would know, Lord. Hundreds. Maybe tens and thousands, Lord. Unbelievable situations, circumstances. But you saved us. All I want to say is, Lord, thank you. We were truly like that buried woman. And truly we can sing, Lord. We can sing praises unto your name, Lord. For you are mighty. You are mighty. You are all powerful. There is nothing impossible with thee, Lord. Thank you, Father. As we go through these final seven days, O so Lord, continue to speak to all your children, Lord. We want to hear you from you, Lord. We want to hear that's voice of yours, because there is strength in that voice, O oh yes. Lord, that our purpose would be defined for the coming year, O oh Lord. Oh Father, be with all your children, everywhere, wherever they are listening. Bless them, empower them, let there be a rest in their souls, a conviction in their hearts, a determination in their spirit that they will never turn back on. Oh Amen. Amen. They will press on, yes. Father. Press on, Father. Mm. Forgetting the things that are behind. The failures of 2021. They will forget it. And will press on for the very purpose. Christ Jesus took hold of each one of them. Lord. The past is buried under the blood. And the accuser's mouth is silent. For God speaks for all his children, Lord. If we are yours, who is there, dare condemn us, Lord. Oh, Father. Empower all your children, Lord. And Lord, let grace be poured upon our lips, Lord. We're expecting a greater harvest in 2022, Lord. Lord. Yes, we will go with tears. Yes, we will be weary. But when we come back, it will be with the sheaves. For our Father's barn will be full. And our Savior's death will not go in vain on our watch. Mm. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you. Praise you. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.